So this is In Conversations with Hannah. I'm Hannah Weisberg, and I'm joined tonight with Shoshana. Uh, Sh and Shoshana's going to tell us a little about herself. Shoshana? Hi. Hi. <laughs> you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Thank you so much for having me once again. We're so happy that you're joining us. First of all, tell us how old you are, if you don't mind. I'm 16, but... You're still at the age where you're uncomfortable to sell it, say your age. <laughs> <laughs> well, my Hebrew birthday is tomorrow, so... Oh, wow, muzzle tough. Thank Amazing. you. Beautiful. Yeah. That's wonderful. So yeah. you're in high school now? Yes. You're in high um, school. I go to... A, I live in Oregon right now. I've lived in... This is my fourth U.S. state that I've lived in. Oh, wow. Um, throughout my life. Yes, a lot. <laughs> um, and I moved here and I started at a public school. I am an Orthodox Jew and it inspired me a lot of the experiences I had to start a social media organization called Teens Against Anti-Semitism, um, which is a social media based organization um, dedicating to spreading awareness and increasing activism surrounding anti-Semitism. So why, what made you decide to, to start this, this, uh, this, 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 this group against anti-Semitism? Did you have incidents in Oregon? Well, tell us a little where you started from originally. So originally, um, I lived in Georgia, I lived in Ohio, and I've lived in Texas. And I lived in three different cities, Savannah, Georgia, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Dallas, Texas, and they were all... It was very rich Jewish cultures there. There were huge Jewish communities. There was always a Jewish school for me and my siblings to attend synagogues, um, many Arabs, and which are neighborhoods where many Jewish people will live so that they can walk to synagogue on Shabbat. And there was just a huge Jewish community. And so I always had a very deep connection to my Judaism because I was given all of those amazing experiences. Um, but when I moved to Oregon in 2021, I came to a place where there wasn't really a huge Jewish community. A lot of the Jewish people here are very connected and that's amazing. I love to see Jewish people supporting each other. Um, but there's not a Jewish school where I live. Um, mm -hmm. There's only two synagogues. You moved, you moved to Oregon when you were, I was, you were in high school already? Yeah. You were in high school already. That must have been a hard move to move when you're already in high school, leave your friends. It was crazy. And it was right in the middle of COVID as well. So people wow. were just, it wasn't, it was hard to get to know people, you know? There was, everything was online like right now and people's faces were covered up and you were six feet apart and you couldn't, you know, go up to somebody and shake their hands and be like, hi, I'm Shoshana. And it was hard to integrate into the Jewish culture as well because such a strong part of our community is walking to synagogue on Shabbos and going to people's houses for lunch and meals. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that when... Right, sure. So what was it like to join the public school? You were in a Jewish school until then, and then you, you switched to a public school. And how did, that, yeah. how did that affect you? It was, it created a large identity crisis for me for a bit of time. I didn't quite know how to express my Judaism anymore because although for so many years I'd been an Orthodox Jew, I'd been a very outspoken Jew. I was always 
somebody who wasn't afraid to talk about being Jewish. I That was a weird thing about me as a kid. There's a drawing in my house that I made in first grade where I wrote on my skirt, I'm Jewish. And I was just always like that. We were always proud to be a Jew. And then, was, yeah. And all of a sudden you're thrown into this high school in Oregon. And what happened? I just completely went the opposite direction of who I'd always been. I I didn't bring up that I was Jewish in front of anybody. I said, oi, gewalt at one point. That's just always been something I say. <laughs> and somebody looked at me and they were like, what's that? And I said, oh, I sneezed. And it didn't sound anything like a sneeze. But, <laughs> excuse me, I didn't think that people would accept me for who I was, which was crazy to have that fear and what was it because people indicated that like what, what it wasn't was that there was an indicator before i really announced i was jewish but there's definitely a culture where i live and it's very much you know i live in one of the hippiest cities in america i you know i see people every day who are biking to work instead of driving and vegan lunches at my school and stuff like that which is totally okay it's just not really who i am but it's also not a very common thing that you see when you grow up going to jewish school okay it was so so you stopped feeling proud to be a jew did you stop observing certain things in Ju judaism yeah you did okay i moved here and i remember I had a neighbor who was my age, she still lives here, and she came and she introduced herself, and I was wearing pajamas, I'd just like woken up, it was my first day, and she was like, do you want to go on a walk? And I was just wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt, I was just made a decision that I was going to walk outside without a skirt on, mm -hmm. and it was the weirdest feeling in the world, and then that decision lasted for a while and I started you know going on my phone on Friday nights and Saturdays which once again wasn't really who I was mm -hmm. and what 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 caused a change just I didn't want to be different I'd always been as I said like in Jewish schools I'd always been so like everybody else who I'd been around so and I guess I guess it was a lot of the social pressure that, that it was a lot of the social you just pressure. want to kind of blend in and just be with like everybody else and i didn't want to be targeted at this time i was also i'd always known what anti-semitism was but i feel like during COVID there was just this huge eruption of it over social media especially and mm. i was first starting to see it and i didn't want to have a target placed on my back Mm. I didn't really want to be the girl who people pointed at and whispered at in the hallways and was like, oh, she's Jewish. Like, she's really weird and religious. Interesting. And you felt that that would happen if you expressed your Judaism? Yeah, I did. I knew there were some people at my school who are religious Christians. A few of them are Mormons. And people had kind of, I'd heard just like rumors about them in very derogatory ways because they were religious. And to me, I was like, well, they're Christian. That's a normal thing in the States. What would they say about me right. being Jewish? 
I guess you were like a real minority in the school. There was, was there any other Jewish students that you were aware of or not really? So I was aware of a few, um, but many of them had never even met an Orthodox Jewish person before, mm -hmm. let alone somebody who used to be an Orthodox Jew and then suddenly wasn't an Orthodox Jew and had gone to Jewish day school all their life and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Somebody who even knew how to speak any bits of Hebrew or knew Birkat Hamazon or just anything that I had considered to be such like a, I don't want to say basic thing, but something that I'd always just knew something. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so you're in the school and you decide you don't want to be observant anymore. You don't want to advertise your Judaism and your probably your connection to Judaism kind of waned. Then what happened? What made you change? I mean, now you're very much a proud Jew. What caused that moment of waking up that you said, no, this isn't who I am? So I, over the summer, I had a very life-altering accident happen to me. I was hit by a car on Erev Shabbos. And oh gosh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. It drove over my leg. And I had no injuries at all. I had no broken legs or anything. And it was crazy to me. I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I literally, this accident had happened. A car had driven over my leg and I had no broken bones or anything. Wow, what a miracle. It was a miracle. And it reminded me of a video I'd watched a year before in school of Charlene Aminoff talking about her daughter and that story, and to me, it felt like, as my teacher had called it, a Hashem moment. Wow. I felt like this was such a crazy miracle, and for it to happen on Erev Shabbos, the Shabbos before Shavuos, mm. I, it just felt like something crazy to me. Like, I didn't know. It was literally just that that kind of started to bring So that really back. shook you up, I guess. That really awakened you? That did. It really did. And what happened after that? How did you get involved with the C-teens? So my Aunt Hana, she Hana Burston, she's the Rebbitson of Orange County, New York, Chabad. Um, I reached out to her. Oh, God. And what, what's her name again? Hana? Um, Hannah Burston, Rebbitson oh, Hannah Burston. I know her, sure. Or is Kamar, right? Yes. She's a very, I don't yeah. actually know how we're related. Okay. <laughs> but I reached out to her because I was asked to do Jewish programming for the Jewish Student Union at my school. Um, so at that point, they knew that you were Jewish? Yes. So I'd come back to school and I started being very much outspoken once again. Um, and that's also when I started experiencing anti-Semitism, sadly enough. Oh, wow. But so you'll, you'll get back to that anti-Semitism because I do want to hear about that. But let's let's hear some more about. So Hannah was in touch with you. This She's a shlucha here in Orange County. Yeah. And she, and she helped me. She gave me so many ideas. Because she was like, well, tell me about these kids. Like, what do they like to do? Like, how much do they know about Judaism? And I was giving her all these things. And I started planning activities 
with the Jewish Student Union at my school. Mm-hmm. And then about a month later, I went to an Upshurnish for my local Chabad, um, their son, and I met with another Rebetzin from Houston, whose name I don't remember, and I feel so bad right now. And she was talking to me, and she was like, well, you're, like, you would be perfect for C-Teen. And I went to the C-Teen Shabbaton, and I came back, and I'd already started been, like, integrating more and more mitzvahs back into my life. But I came back, and the first day I went back to school, I stood looking at my clothes, and I immediately picked out a skirt that I used to wear all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's when I went back to keeping Sneas and so Sneas is modesty for those who don't know, right? Yes. So just tell us a little, and for those who don't know what C teens are, can you tell us a little about what what C teen is and how and what happened there that caused you to have such a so much pride in your Judaism? Yeah. So C teen stands for Chabad teen, and it's a youth organization. So more. Um, famous youth organizations um, would be BBYO, which is B'nai B'rith Youth Organization, um, NIFTI, um, NCSY. Those are all different youth Jewish, Jewish youth organizations that cater to different sects of Judaism. And Chabad is very interesting, the C-Teen, um, because it doesn't specifically cater only to Chabad kids. It caters to kids all over the world who just happen to be involved with a Chabad. And so and it's, it's amazing. It's like it's growing like huge. I was just watching that CT in the last one that you spoke at. It's it crazy. Amazing. So awesome. Like, yeah, there's, I think, where so many thousands of Jewish teens just singing about their Judaism. And it's not even all of them. Right. It's wow. crazy. Um, there's thousands of people who are involved with CT now. It's been going on for 15 years. And every year there's an international Shabbaton and it's in New York. It's mainly in Crown Heights. And then the big like main attraction event that it's known for is um, we take over Times Square. There's a concert. Um, the year I went, I think Chaim Weber was the singer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. So you went there and you felt? I just felt my connection again. I no longer felt like a minority because mm-hmm. I was around last year, I think it was 2,500 other Jewish teens. Now this year was 3,000. And it was the just small. Being, just being with them made you feel yeah. Made you it feel. It wasn't like a specific thing about it. It was just knowing that I wasn't alone, alone. being who I am anymore. Wow. And that gave you the strength to go back to Oregon and to, though there you were alone, to be able to lead other Jewish or other Jewish teenagers? Yeah. Wow. So that's when you called and you asked the shlucha for help and what, what kind of activities to do and what to do with them. Do you have that, that teen group now still going on? Uh, the Jewish Student Union? Yeah. So I actually am not the president, um, but I help them out a lot because the problem is it's hard to like get people involved in clubs like this when they're Jewish too. They're just like me. They just express it in a different way, but they don't see people being out there with their Judaism at our school. Mm-hmm. 
there's nobody who's going to run down the hallway on Yom Ha'atzma'ut, which is Israeli Independence Day, waving a flag. Or, you know, there's nobody playing like Hanukkah music on Hanukkah over the loudspeaker. Mm-hmm. It's just, you have to carve that out for yourself. And I just wanted, I kind of just went to the people and I said, I really want to help. Because I was, I felt alone as a Jewish student. I found all these other Jewish students and there's got to be more right. who feel alone. Right. Right. Wow. Okay. So now you're, so where, where are you at now in your Jewish observance? Um, I'm definitely back to where I used to be, but I feel like I've grown a lot more because I've met so many different kinds of people who observe now, um, not just through living in Oregon, but also through Sitin. I've met, like, I never really had exposure to Mizrahi Jews, and I met so many Mizrahim at uh, my CT in Shabbaton. I just have such more of an appreciation for Jewish people all over. Do you have uh, a CT chapter there in Oregon, or not yet? To start one. Start one. Amazing. That's great. Wow. Um, so when you started to let people know that you were Jewish and you expressed pride in your Judaism, how did you see that? How were you affected by that with anti-Semitism as a target? So before I started dressing modestly, it was more just like little tiny little things that were kind of hard to pick up on for other people except for me. If I brought it up, they would say stuff like, I think you're reading a little too much into that. Hmm. Um, At one point I was talking with my friend and I was just talking about like, some clothes or like some discounts coming up at a store I liked. And this kid was like, well, you're Jewish. You don't have to worry. And I was like, okay. It was just those little things that so many Jewish people deal with. You don't have to worry because you have money against, because all Jews have money. Is that what they were trying to say? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then it escalated one day um, about last March and I was, in class and spring weather had just kind of returned for like a few days in Oregon. We have rain nine months out of the year. It's Mm -hmm. rainy and cold. But for one day in March last year, it was 80 degrees and super sunny. Of course, that was the day I decided to wear a cable knit sweater to school. (laughs) (laughs) And I already received comments all day that were like, why are you like forced to dress like this? This is a misogynistic religion, Mm. all of that stuff. And then out of nowhere, a kid who I'd really considered to be my friend made an offhand comment to me. And he said, Shoshana, I have a question for you. And I said, what? And I'm not going to say his name. And he said, do you like to kill Muslim babies for fun? Oh, my goodness. Wow. And I looked at him, and it was just in the middle of history class. We had just been working on an assignment about the Chinese empire. Like, this had no correlation to anything that had been brought up. And I was, I looked at him, and I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he was like, you know, because you're Jewish. Oh, wow. So how do you combat that? What do you do in your in your in your teens against anti-Semitism? Well, first of all, my main goal with teens against anti-Semitism is to just tell people what anti-Semitism is. Mm-hmm. I since that happened, I started talking to Jewish teens at my high school, trying to figure out if they'd experienced anti-Semitism. If this is a real problem, 
where I go to school, where people are supposed to feel safe. And a lot of people have said, well, like, you know, this person said this to me, but that's not anti-Semitic. Or just like this and this Mm -hmm. and this, that's not anti-Semitic. That's just like a joke. People don't fully grasp what anti-Semitism is because there's no education about it. So your first goal is really awareness. My first goal is awareness. And it's also to make people who aren't Jewish aware of it because anti-Semitism is so deeply ingrained in our society. Mm. We see it from politicians, from both parties. We see it in our traditional media, movies like Rapunzel and Cinderella, like traditional movies that kids watch growing up. Mm -hmm. We've seen it in everything. Mm -hmm. And so people have to, who are not Jewish, have to learn how to take that out of their mind, remove their anti-Semitism and their internal bias. Mm-hmm. And people who are Jewish have to learn how to realize what is anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. And, and once we, we realize that, what's any other steps in, in what you want to do? My other step is I just, I want Jewish teens to feel safe. Mm-hmm. I want them to see that there are people who will stick up for each other. Because mm-hmm. I met people at CT who, after I talked about teens to get anti-Semitism, would just tell me, like, thank you so much. Like, it's hard, because it is. Mm -hmm. It's a really hard thing to deal with. I guess it really goes back to, like, feeling proud about who you are and your identity as a Jew, and you're being united with so many other Jews that elicits this this feeling of we can do it together. Is that it? Yeah. I think it's also hard to feel proud at times as well when i think now especially we've been seeing programs like netflix for example bringing out shows like my unorthodox life unorthodox all of these things that are just so deeply incorrect and they don't portray jewish people as a whole and then you see people who are like this is like so great this is hilarious or whatever and you're like i should be thinking that right Hmm. And I've talked to people who are Jewish and I've seen these shows and they're like, well, I guess we're crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. I guess we're crazy. Right. I shouldn't talk to people about this. And I'm like, this is people just trying to entertain. They're not providing factual information, but they don't tell people that. Mm. And then it leads people who are like my Jewish peers to not want to talk about who they are. 100%. So what would you like people to know about Judaism? What do you feel about Torah, Judaism? How has it enhanced your life? I think that Judaism, to me, this is going to sound so weird, is the most beautiful thing in the world. That doesn't sound weird. (laughs) Some people might find it weird, especially where I live. (laughs) But, you know, people... Why is it the most beautiful thing in the world? Why? Because it doesn't have to... It doesn't look to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Judaism is about connecting each other. It's about going on to the next generation, the door of a door, generation to generation. It's about how we're all living in God's image. It's not about money. It's not about, you know, who is like higher on this system. There's no idea of who's better than who or anything like that in Judaism because it's all about working together. Mm -hmm. And it's not about seeing the Torah and just 
living by it without questioning it ever or like thinking, I don't know if I agree with that because we're always questioning it. We're always arguing about the Torah. It's a mitzvah to argue over the Torah. Just well, to, Jews always argue, right? <laughs> yeah, we always argue. It's, we always argue. But the point of arguing is because we want to learn. We want to grow and we want to we learn. We learn from each other. Right. That's all we do. We learn from each other. We support each other. A woman in my community recently had a baby and I watched just the whole community created six months of meals for her. Wow, that's incredible. It's that's really beautiful. It's beautiful. That's what we do. And it's not about, you know, trying to be a different religion, even though we may be a different religion. It's all just about trying to survive together. Hmm. I think also it's it's about, you know, learning, learning and growing yeah. and, and not being not being afraid when we make mistakes. Like I think the fact that you weren't observant for a little bit of time, you know, and then you came back and you're you're so much more, it sounds to me like you're so much prouder about who you are and you're so did you have to like re-examine certain things? Did you find that you became stronger in your beliefs afterwards? I do, because I was actually recently talking to my father about this, because I feel like before I came here, I had the privilege of going to Jewish school, like I said, and going to a specific kind of synagogue that I'd gone to my entire life every single week. And I developed that mindset. I'd constantly been around those people. And then bringing it back into my life, I learned how to look at it from the perspective of including people who aren't like that mm. in my Judaism. Mm. Because I only have two synagogues where I live, I currently go every week to a Reconstructionist shul. Mm -hmm. I'm not Reconstructionist, but I've learned how to accept, like how to bring myself into that community, even mm. though it doesn't necessarily match my beliefs. Because in the end, it doesn't matter what kind of Jew you are. It just matters that you are Jewish. Right. We're all Jewish. All these are labels. What what matters is that we're just We Jewish. weren't created. Nowhere in the Torah does it say Ashkenaz, Orthodox, Reconstruction, right. whatever you want to call yourself. Absolutely. All it just says is Jewish. But I think being in a different, like, let's say being in Oregon, I guess it makes you think about your Judaism a lot more. Maybe some things that you took more for granted in the past. Definitely. Now you have to think about it, especially if you're presenting it to other people who don't understand it. You're not in a, just in a group of people who are all doing the same thing. So it makes you kind of need to understand it better so you can, especially so you can express it to others and to yourself to just really understand why you're doing what you're doing. I mean, I can tell you right now, off the top of my head, every single item that's in the kosher section of my grocery <laughs> store right now, it's matzah, baba, <laughs> fish, and all the that's yeah. it all year round wow. until Pesach comes and then the bots is gone <laughs> so I, I found it interesting that the you know one of the things that you decided to do when you decided to after that accident and after your Judaism was reawakened is that you put on your skirt and you wanted to, to wear your skirt and you wanted to keep the laws of modesty so I know a lot of teenagers find it very difficult to follow the laws of modesty and to be more modest. So can you tell us what your feelings are towards modesty? Can you share with us? So I don't quite remember who I heard this from, but 
I, when I was a few years ago, I heard this beautiful story just about why we are modest. And it's not about what people think it's about. I'm not doing this to make sure that a man doesn't sin. I'm not doing this to hide myself or make myself look ugly. I do this because I have two souls. I have or two personalities. I have my outward personality, and I could make that shine a lot more by taking off all of my clothes and showing off my stomach and doing whatever you want to do. I'm not going to judge you, though, if you do it. And then there's my inside soul, my real me, and it's harder to see who that really is. Your godly soul? Yeah, because I'm not outwardly presenting my godly soul. Mm. You have to actually talk to me and create conversation and look me in the eyes to see that. And I personally find... So you don't want people to just look at you as a body, objectify you as a body? I don't... It's also not just even about that. It's about I... You know, so many girls I've talked to are so smart. All, like so many people are smart. It's not just girls, but in this case, so many girls are smart and they have so many amazing ideas and they're trying to get their ideas out there. But so many people are going to judge them just based off of how they're dressed. Mm-hmm. And it's not even if you're dressed modestly or if you're dressed immodestly. It's about what colors you're wearing or yada, yada, yada. And they try to look at all of that and then they let that overturn who the real you is. Mm-hmm. It's about how, you know... I heard this amazing story about how the stars are out all the time, but we only see them when the sun goes down and the moon comes out and it's dark outside. It's a very common thing that said religious circles. Everybody's heard it, but it's always stuck with me because I do have so many parts of myself that I want to share with everybody. And to me, the part of myself that's most important is my Jewish self, my godly self, and my intellect that I have to share with people because I know I have so much to share. And it's not my elbows. It's not my legs. It's not any part of that for me. Hmm. Wow. So you really want to show your, your, you want people to see your inner self, your godly self, and that kind of gets distracted. I mean, we live in such an external world where everyone's looking at just the outside and it's yeah. refreshing that you want, as a teenager, that you don't want to just look at the outside and what everyone sees on the outside, but you care about what's what's deep inside. That's really I think nice. Also, living in a place, my school, for example, doesn't have a dress code. Mm-hmm. And so when I wasn't modest, I wasn't totally like crazy. Like I, I didn't, I wasn't even comfortable in summer wearing shorts. Like. Mm-hmm. It was, I still wasn't somebody who wanted to be that out there. Um, No judgment if anybody does, but I've seen how differently people treated me when I dressed then versus how I dress now. And I'm not even talking about how they treat me as a Jewish person. I'm just talking about how teachers talk to me Mm -hmm. and how other students interact with me. I don't have, because I go to a mixed gender school, I no longer have, you know, boys and girls looking me up and down, judging what outfit I'm wearing or Mm. looking at my body. I just have people looking me in the eyes because there's just nothing to look at. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's very interesting. I mean, there was a study done that even people, even girls who were dressed in swimsuits versus girls who were dressed in regular clothes, and they both had to take a math or some kind of exam. And the ones that were dressed in swimsuits 
didn't do as well because they were looking at themselves more as a body than as a mind. So that's that's quite interesting what you that what you're saying. Where where do you see yourself going, Shoshana? What do you what do you see for your future plans for yourself? Um, hopefully, God willing, I'll go to seminary after senior okay. year. Well, um, I don't know where yet though. So <laughs> Um, and then I really want to go to university and I want to get my degree and I want to teach, um, I want to teach Judaics because I love it so much and I want other girls to love it as much as I love it. That's my yeah. Beautiful. What, what's your favorite subject in Judaism? Chumash. Chumash. Wow. So nice. That's where it all starts, the Bible. It is. That's exactly why I love it. It's the basis of everything. Of everything. That's incredible. And where do you see yourself going with your Teens United Against Anti-Semitism? Do you plan on continuing that? Yes. I hope to continue it as long as I can. Once I'm no longer a teen, that might be a little hard, but I have a lot of people who work with me, thank God, behind the scenes. Um, who will hopefully be willing to take it over once I can no longer facilitate all of it and be the face. Um, I don't expect it to be a huge thing, and that's not my goal. I don't want it to be Stand With Us or the Anti-Defamation League. I just want it to be, a, you know, just a social media thing, just a thing where people can look at the account whenever they've experienced anti-Semitism or even just felt alone as a Jew and see that there are proud Jews out there. Right. Out there. They shouldn't feel alone. Wow. Okay. And last question, what would you give, what message would you say to some teen who's out there somewhere alone or even some adult who's out there somewhere alone and feels really alone in their Judaism and isn't really sure how to connect or what to do to connect? What would you, what advice would you give them? You know, there's, two different things I'm gonna say. And the first one is the one that everybody hates and nobody's gonna like, but for me, the best way that I helped to start reconnecting to Judaism was not dressing modestly, it was not keeping Shabbat, surprisingly enough, but it was starting to say Moda'ani when I woke up in the mornings. Isn't that interesting? So just tell us what Moda'ani is for those who don't know. It's a prayer that we say, a bracha, when we first wake up and it's basically thanking God for returning our souls back to our body. Uh, and it's very short. It's like one, one and a half lines. I'm gonna say, I don't, I don't have to like read it anymore, so I don't really like know the logistics of it. But it's a great way to just create that commitment to God once again, and create that commitment to Judaism. And it also just starts off your morning in an amazing Absolutely, way. hundred percent. You're starting with gratitude. You're not reaching over and checking your phone and seeing the news and, oh, this guy did this and this country's doing this. You're just taking that moment to just wake up and meditate. Your whole day, your whole perspective. Yeah. That's beautiful. And, yeah. So that's what you started to do, and that was the first thing that rekindled yourself. It was so helpful. I, I Yeah, I never thought it would be so helpful. Because I always just, you know, I was when I was in middle school, I would roll my eyes when I heard teachers say, like, say this and it'll, like, help you and yada, 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 until I started doing it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, they were right. <laughs> so that's the first thing. And the second thing that you wanted to say? The second thing is not as action-oriented. It's more just your mindset of it's really hard to be in the darkness as a Jew, 
to be a minority in any situation, especially when there are so many people who try to tell you that you're not a minority. Trust mm-hmm. me, I know how annoying that feels. Mm-hmm. But there's always a light because I didn't think that there was a light until I got to this place. And now, he, like, here I am. I'm talking about Judaism with Chabad.org. <laughs> like, I'm sharing anti, like, I'm creating anti-Semitism advocacy online. There is going to be a moment at the end where you don't feel like a minority anymore. Mm-hmm. And it can take a while to get there. And I know, and for me, my time was relatively short in the darkness. But once you reach the light, it's the best feeling in the entire world. And all you can think is like, thank you, Hashem, for mm-hmm. bringing me to this moment right now. Wow, beautiful. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you Shana. Keep strong. Keep keep strong in what you're doing and in your pride of being a Jew. And keep encouraging other people, other teens, to express their Judaism as beautifully as you shared with us. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And continued strength and continued Go, go, go from strength to strength in, in all that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.